This podcast is a 3D audio production, so watch out as sounds may seem to come from beside you or behind you. For the best listening experience, please use headphones. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Clone Club, it's me again, Marco Palmieri, producer of Realm's Orphan Black, The Next Chapter. The writers and the whole team at Realm really enjoyed working on this podcast, so thanks again for listening and spreading the word to your friends. Today, we have another special bonus episode with writer E.C. Myers, who shares some behind-the-scenes tidbits from Season 2. I love reading your comments about the next chapter on social media, so if you haven't already, make sure to connect with us on Twitter at Realm Media or reach out through our website, realm.fm. And if you want a bonus bonus... We've got a sneak peek at another show we think you'll like at the end of this episode. But for now, tune in to this replay of a recent Instagram Live with Orphan Black The Next Chapter writer E.C. Myers. Today we're here to talk with E.C. Myers, one of the writers who actually wrote today's episode, um, episode nine of season two. I think you wrote another one in this season also. I did, episode six, I believe. Yeah, and I think Christian came on and talked about that episode, um, which was really fun. So first of all, I think my first question is, how did you get involved with the next chapter? Like, what is your kind of origin story with the project? (laughs) Um, so I had actually been working with Realm um, at the time they were they were cereal box on a different cereal 
And they started talking about the possibility of being able to do this orphan black uh, serial. And so as soon as I heard about that, I let them know, like, if you're doing this, I really would love to be involved with it. Um, I was a big fan of the show and um, there's so much potential to, to do great things with the story because they've created such an amazing world and, and characters. Um, and I believe they started talking about that like back in August. I, I had to go back and check like 2017. And then in November of 2017, they started um, reaching out to people who were interested in working on the show and invited us to like come up with pitches for like what the series could be based on, you know, so I, I put together a pitch, um, which I don't think we use anything of because uh, kind of like they had a bunch of different ideas and we were working with the studios and everything to find like the right story to tell but I do remember that mine was very heavily um, based on like Kira and Charlotte and Maya like it was kind of like would have been like Orphan Black the next generation because I was like you know they had they had these younger characters on the show and what would it be like if they were growing up in this world right and we have bits of that elements of those and I, I tend to write a lot of the the Kira scenes I think um, last season and then this season I got to write some cool ones um, and then it started then it became a real thing in like June like of the next year 2018 and then it started moving fast so that's how I got involved with with the series kind of like before it was actually a thing and then like through that that process so I was very excited to be to be invited to to participate and then what since you were a fan of the original show like what did you think when you found out Tatiana was gonna do the voices <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was, I was, that was a, that was such a big get, you know, and to know that she believes in this show enough to, to lend, literally lend her voice to it. Um, like it, she makes it, you know, like the, the writers, I think, I think we do a good job of telling the story, but having her and having her, her attached to it and having her um, enjoy it and um, want to become a part of it was like a huge um vote of confidence i thought you know and of course i think that helped bring bring the fans in too you know that um it wasn't just a story it was like it really made it feel more like it was a continuation of the of the series because it is an official sequel to the series um and and mostly i was just psyched to know that she'd be reading my words but i was most excited to get to hear her say my name in the, in the opening of the of the like when they do the titles so uh so that was that was amazing since you're a fan of the show and like the fandom is so passionate and loves the show so much, did you feel a pressure to like not mess up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, like just as a writer, I always want to do my best. Uh, we also had, you know, writing for realm and then the studio has, is, has, uh, is very protective of the property. Like in, we, they want to make sure that it truly represents like the show and then there's fandom and then as a fan myself you know i i had pretty high expectations too but yeah absolutely not wanting you know because the fans um are so passionate and so knowledgeable that if anything doesn't ring true like that they will pick up on it and it will take them out of it you know so absolutely um lots of lots of pressure um but but that was good because then as fans as well, like we, we felt personally invested in, in making it great. And then of course, like Tatiana's involved in, in all that. So there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure. I'll, I'll, I can, I can go along with that for sure. It seems like everybody was, who was involved as a fan though, which I feel like helps for sure. Yeah. And Helly Kennedy worked on, uh, you know, the, the comic books and the, and the series. So it was really great to have that, like, literally the DNA of the show is part of the, sh part of our, our writing group. Um, 
and that was really really terrific um but yeah we're all we're all huge fans of it for anyone who's joining and wants to know what we're talking about we're talking about orphan black the next chapter which is the official continuation podcast of the show um we're in season two right now so in the first season tatiana does everything she narrates she does everyone's voices but in the second season, actually, Evelyn, Jordan, and Christian came back and reprised their roles. What did you, like, what was it like when you found out that was happening? I, I couldn't believe that. And, and again, it, it really makes it feel even that much closer to the series. Because um, she, she, Tatiana is, of course, amazing. And she did a really great job of doing other characters' voices, um, you know, authentically. But... Um, it just, it's, it's so much more immersive, I guess. And it feels so, so much more natural. Um, and we hear their voices anyway, at least I do when I'm writing the characters, I hear their voices anyway, imagining how they would perform, you know, those roles on the show, like how they would be saying things. Um, and so then to have that, you know, come from the page and then to have them actually say the words um, is really cool. Somebody in the comments just said that they miss art. Were there any characters from like the original series that you would love to have like gotten into the podcast? <laughs> oh, I mean, all of them. If, if there were a budget and the interest, I mean, I, I would hope that they would all be interested in doing it. And I think some, I think probably it comes down to like budget and, and scheduling and things like that. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have have art in there uh, for sure. Um, any other characters that I, I would have wanted? That you would like to write maybe too? like that maybe didn't make it into any of the scenes. Cause I know it's like limited time. There's so much to get to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think more scenes with art would have been, would have been really great. Cause um, we, we had Charlotte so much in, in the second season. Uh, there was just so much, there's so much plot and so little, little room. Um, and, and it didn't, and, 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 uh, we kind of want to see that love story, you know, because art um, is kind of maybe, you know, with, with Jazara just having a little bit of a, of a of a romance going on. And it would have been cool to have those scenes. But, you know, ultimately, um, they didn't necessarily add anything you know, like we would have been able to write him in if 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 uh, and, and probably been able to use that. But it ultimately wasn't necessary in terms of like the overall plot. And we really needed to kind of focus in more, you know, on the clones in their like immediate immediate circle. Yeah, so much happens this season with the clones. It's like, it doesn't seem like there's any space for anything else. It's a lot. You know, I, I was thinking about that because, um, like, looking at uh, episode nine, um, like, it's jam-packed with plot, like, because we're heading into, the, like, the last episode and there's so much to do. But I appreciate that we still had the moment. Like, we still had the opportunity to have those, like, little, some, some quieter moments and some funnier moments to kind of offset the drama and the um and the the action and so we had a moment with allison and donnie you know kind of closing closing their their little personal personal drama and arguably it doesn't add anything in the overall story for the major plot but it is important for the show and 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 those characters that we continue to show um their lives and and that stuff is moving along even though these giant like kind of world changing events are happening yeah, I'm assuming like the writers, you can't all be together all the time. So, so how does the process work of like figuring out what the story is going to be, and then like deciding who's who's doing what? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, some people might be surprised to know that we we do approach it like a, a writer's room on a TV show, at least initially. Um, so when we're planning out the season, we all get together. Like before COVID times, we got together in person, um, you know, in one room for three days, uh, which is pretty intense, but but very energizing to be talking about it and and just coming up with ideas and and playing off of each other and and figuring out what the story is going to be for the season. Um, what the character arcs and, and the character beats are going to be. Um, and so we, we still did that, but we did it all over Zoom, which was not as, as enjoyable, not as fulfilling, but we still got the work done. And then once we figure out like what the overall um, our plot is going to be of the show, then we break it down into episodes um, and then we just kind of assign it. And sometimes sometimes people will say, I call dibs on a certain episode because they really want to do that one. There's like a scene that they really want to do or a character that they love. Uh, like I know Madeline really wanted to write Rachel um, like last season. Um, and then sometimes it just ends up being like, you know, some some of us who we don't necessarily have any any strong feelings for any particular episode just say like, oh, whatever, whatever you guys don't want, like I'll take care of it. You know, because as a as a writer, like I like the challenge of saying like I can I can write anything, you know, just like, as, you know, as long as I'm prepared for it. Um, and it's kind of weird. Like, I think, I think traditionally I tend to end up with the third and sixth episodes, uh, the, the, the sixth and like ninth episodes of, of shows for some reason that, that we've worked on, um, pretty consistently. So, yeah, is, or maybe it was is, episode three, episode nine. Yeah. Is it harder to work on later episodes in a season or is it like, Yes. Um, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily true of every, uh, series that, that realm does, but, um, as you're writing, so so we break it down by by episodes. We do our assignments, and then we all come up with outlines for our episodes, and we share them. So that way, once we start writing the episodes, like we're writing simultaneously. You know, we, we we try to break them up into batches. So when we do the first half of the series, um, all at the same time, but we're all writing episodes, and we don't have the episodes. Like if I'm writing episode three, I haven't read episode two, and I haven't read episode four yet because they're being written at the same time. So we only have the outlines to go off of. And hopefully people are sticking to their outlines and things are working out. But writing is still an organic process, no matter how much you plan it out. And as you're developing it, sometimes it doesn't quite work the way that you hoped it would. Or something else comes up, you have a better idea or some some complication comes up that we hadn't anticipated. And so the, the outline and the story has to change a bit. So by the time you're getting to the end of the series, a lot of pieces have changed. And those last episodes kind of tend to be like a sort of a moving target where we're trying to figure out exactly how to tie everything up. And we know we have to explain, you know, we have to wrap some things up and we're all heading kind of on a train barreling towards it while the track is being laid out and maybe veering off in different directions. So it can be a little bit challenging. Um, like, I, I don't know that I've actually seen the final, final, final draft of episode 10 yet, even, you know. And what about when you go from, cause I read the, I read season two, like a while, like a while ago before like the voices were recorded or anything. And then when I listen to it, it feels like very different. Yeah. <laughs> like even if it's the same, like even if technically the words are the same, I feel like it, when it comes together, do you like, what is it, what is it like when you like see it on a page verse and then like get to hear it later? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's 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 almost like it's an, I've read them before. I've some in some cases I've written the episodes and they feel completely new, you know. And and that's the moment, like here, especially with a, a fuller fuller cast, um, being able to have it dramatized in that in that way. Like I can enjoy it just as a fan at that point, 
you know, and, and certainly some of the episodes that I haven't seen the final drafts of those either, um, I get to just kind of enjoy them because, and, and get surprised by them because there are things in some of the drafts that I hadn't seen before, you know, um, and because the deadlines are so tight, like you can't always, you can't always read everything because you're, you're trying to write your episode and, and make it line up. So I tend to make sure that at least it's lining up with like the end of the previous episode, the beginning of the next one, you got to make sure that the setup, like the handoff is, is, is correct. And you want to make sure that you're hitting character moments consistently um, and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's a totally different experience hearing it um, done that way. Um, even than even than writing it. Yeah. I feel like, especially like when they add music and sound effects, it's just, I'm like, wow, this is, this feels so different. Yeah, you know, if we started, if somebody just went and did some uh, screenshots from episodes and just had like a little slideshow running, like it would be that much closer to being the TV show at that point, you know, or get some like fan art in there. It's true. Do you get a chance to read all the like people, like there's a lot of like fan response to the, to the episodes. Do you get to see some of that or, or do you not? I haven't seen a lot of the response. Sometimes if there's a review that's been posted and especially if I've been tagged in something, I'll see it. Um, I'm not exactly sure where people are posting their comments. I would love to to check it out. Like I'd love to see, and it's already done. Like I can't change anything at this point, but I love to see people's reactions to it, um, especially if they're favorable. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy people are talking about it, you know, and, and, and I think enjoying it. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Um, for anybody who's just joining, we're talking about Orphan Black, the next chapter, which is the official podcast continuation of the show. Um, season two is almost over, unfortunately, but um, 
but fortunately, if you haven't listened to any of it, you have a lot to listen to. The first season, Tatiana does everything. She narrates, she does the voices of all the characters. And then in season two, um, Jordan and Evelyn and Christian came and did like reprise their roles, which is really cool. Um, so I think, do you have like a favorite, and this can be in season one or season two, like a favorite storyline or a favorite um, like, character or any kind of like scene that you can like remember that is is one of your favorites that you either you it can be something you wrote or it can be something you didn't write yeah um so anytime i i ended up getting to write the first appearance of helena in the first season which was very um again high pressure for me because <laughs> i wanted to make sure that like i got it right but it was so much fun to get to write helena and i think that was a late we weren't sure that we would get to write Helena and then we were able to bring her in and, and it, it was, it was terrific. Um, but you know, my, my writing background, I mostly write young adults, um, science fiction and fantasy. And so, uh, I really enjoyed writing Kira and especially the Kira and Emmeline, uh, kind of, uh, relationship. Like those scenes were really, were really fun. And this season, my favorite scene, I think is just this like moment, at uh, the the at the 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 clone hotline where Kira and Donnie are having like a heart to heart, and then he, he gets her to help him uh, create a fan club for Allison, um, and and so it was really it was really wonderful that that we were able to get Christian to come in and and, and record that, uh, but yeah, it was just like a fun scene and um, two characters that I'm not sure we really have seen like in interact that that much. I think it's been really cool to to have like interactions that we didn't really get on the show as much. Yeah, I really I really loved Allison and Donnie. Like all of their stuff this season was so good. Like the fan the fan club, the the like clones at home. Would you would you ever do a reality show like clones at home? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I would probably try to avoid any reality show, um, but it's such a thing. Like you just start to think about like what would actually happen, like because that's that's where a lot of this comes from. Like what are, what are the what is the the aftermath of like the world finding out about clones and and uh, of course like the book deal. And then of course once once somebody suggested that Allison would have a reality show, we we're like we have to do that. Like <laughs> it's perfect. Um, someone someone asked what made Kasima change her mind about having a baby when she was so against it in the first season. You know, I think uh, I guess we didn't show that on screen, but uh, I think that's entirely that's incredibly realistic. Um, I mean, people change their minds all the time, and I I have many friends who uh, were dead set against having kids, and then you know, not immediately, but, you know, years later, like one of my friends ended up, ha he has like two kids now and I'm like, wow, you, he was so against having kids that he actually broke up with somebody at one point because they really wanted to have children. He didn't. And then I think when you find the right person, or maybe you come to a different point in your life, you start thinking things, thinking about things differently. Um, you know, as you get older, I think there other things kick in, um, in terms of, you know, I, I don't know, in terms of thinking about, you know, like your legacy and things like that and what you can contribute to the world and maybe what you want in your life. So people change their minds all the time. So it's 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 a bit different because you tend to want that stuff to be on the page or on the screen um, for fictional characters. Right. Because um, it seems like an inconsistency, a character inconsistency um, when you're kind of doing those jumps. But I think it's entirely, entirely realistic. People change their minds all the time. Yeah, and it might not just be one moment. It might just be like 
like suddenly you're like, okay, maybe I am okay with this. Yeah. And, you know, I think asking yourself, what were the hangups, right. In terms of like why she didn't want, um, and, and had she, had she kind of come to terms with some of the things that, that were preventing her from wanting to kind of continue the, the, her, her, um, genetics, you know, the world is a different place now than it was, uh, even, you know, between seasons, the world completely changes. And then from the end of the show to like where they are in season one, again, things are different and you come to a different point in your life. It's like, I have a good job. I feel pretty stable. I have this person uh, who I'm in love with. Maybe we can make this work. You know, maybe the world is safe enough now or, you know, whatever. Um, the you, you people aren't static, right? Someone said you were spot on with Helena. So good job. <laughs> She's very, she actually is, is fairly challenging, challenging to write, I think, um, but really a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like so rewarding to hear, though. <laughs> um, what is it like creating new clones? Like, is there a process? Like, if you have, like, somebody like Blythe, you're, <laughs> it's a whole new, yeah, whole I, new thing to go through. Yeah, I think there are so many, there are already so many clones. Like, the, the big challenge is figuring out how to distinguish them, um, figuring out, like, especially because Tatiana now has to kind of create an entire new character um, who, and she doesn't have any of the visual cues that I think help out on the show. Um, so figuring out, like, I think we, we spent a lot of time figuring out like what Blythe would sound like, how she would talk, what she would sound like. Um, and, and, you know, I think that we also want to be careful not to bring in too many clones. Like anytime we'd have to introduce a new clone, there has to be a reason for it. Right. It has to be um, important because we're, we're adding, to um to this to the story um so vivi you know and we already had like all the other the other like the boston clones and everything who you don't see on screen that much but then like why did we need to bring in why did we need to bring in uh, Blythe? and um yeah so it's just it's just very you know because because you're on the page you would think oh we can bring in as many clones as we want like we can have huge explosion like we don't have the budget of a tv show but there are other logistics that you have to consider um and of course everything has to be like we have to justify everything by the um by the studio and i'm not necessarily sure that and we also had like a lot of one-off clones who kind of some some people who you hear their voice and then they you know they're just kind of um characters who who die or just they're calling it to the to the hotline or whatever um you don't want to i think you also don't want to take away the specialness right of a new clone like i feel like every time a new clone appeared on the series it was kind of an event you know and they had to have a reason for it so um and you know we also like to find opportunities to bring back clones that we've seen before in some capacity yeah i feel like with all the you know, there's like random clone voices, like you said, and people who call into the hotline, like Tatiana did so many voices. Like, I can't remember how many, but it was like a huge number of characters mm -hmm. that she had to to voice because there were, you know, already so many clones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Someone really wants to know if Kofiin's going to have their baby this season, but I feel like that's a huge spoiler. <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer that. <laughs> We cannot reveal. There's only one episode left, and then I guess you'll know. <laughs> you'll Who even know knows happening. if they're gonna survive? We don't know. Like that's true. There's a lot. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. Um, there's a lot that needs to be wrapped up in this last episode. I, when I when I finished episode nine, I was like, wow, what a cliffhanger. There's <laughs> there's a lot we got to figure out. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are really big fans of Rachel. 
Do you have any yeah. like specific Rachel scenes or Rachel moments that that you really were kind of glad that got to happen during the during the podcast? I want to say, first of all, I want to say, I, I, the, this, the first scene, there's like a scene that Madeline wrote in season one with Rachel that was just completely perfect. Like, just like, was it in like a, a she was like shopping, I think, um, for underwear, right? I think that was, I think that's what was going on. Anyway, it was an amazing scene and um, just beautifully written. And, but I want to say like every scene with Rachel is, is fa fantastic to have, but I really like that we kind of softened her a little bit um, this season and uh, had moments with her connecting with Charlotte, um, which is again, like, I think come kind of coming, coming full circle a little bit on the, on the show, but um but yeah, I think I'm just really glad that we were able to kind of bring Rachel into the fold a little bit more. You know, she's not so much of an outsider. She's not an antagonist as much. Um, she's still Rachel, but again, like people, people change and the things that they want change as well. And she still wants the things that she wanted, but you know, maybe it's not enough anymore. Right. So it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah, I definitely like, people are very glad there's more Rachel this season for sure. Like that's definitely one of the things um, I've seen. And somebody said that they love her in this season. So I think, I think everyone agrees. Um, is there any, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like this, when, when they first go on the, the news show together, um, that was one of my favorite things of the season of the season for sure. Um, were there any, I feel like there's a lot of times where people really want certain characters to have interactions. Were there any like characters that you would have liked to see, like have interactions that maybe either they didn't get the chance to, or you just mm -hmm. like to see a scene with them? You know, I think that, um, Again, I, I would have really liked to have art in this season more with uh, Jizara, but I'm also kind of bummed that we didn't really get to bring in Emily in much. You know, she's she's pretty much off off camera, like she's still present because Kira thinks about her. Um, but I, I would have liked to I would have liked to have another scene with them them together. Um, I'm glad we got so much more Felix this time too, though. <laughs> you know. Um, that that was really great and that jordan was able to to come in and, and do the voice for that i kind of wish i could hear him playing out some of the scenes from the first season though because <laughs> he had he had quite the quite the ride in the first season too was it was it already a plan to have more felix like i don't i don't remember the timing of like when the other actors signed on versus like how far along the yeah, season was written but felix was part of it i think I'm, I may, I may be completely, completely wrong about this. I think we were, I think we were hoping we would have, we would have him. And so we were probably, we were planning some more scenes with him and before it was like, a like, I don't think any of the, of the actors were like a done deal when we, when we did it. Um, but it also like the way that we developed the plot, like it made sense to have, have more Felix in it um, as well. Um, and once you kind of start that going, like he would have been a part, a part of the, the, the plot, no matter what um 
Yeah. So I, I feel like, I think that we were hoping we were hoping we could get him. Yeah. I think cause um, like now that you say that, I remember Jordan did like a bonus, like kind of a bonus ending of season one. So I think, yeah, maybe that was the case that you, there was a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that um, was a cool surprise because that came in like, that was a surprise for, for all of us, except for, I think, I think Helly who wrote it, but even, even, uh, like, yeah, I didn't know about it until like it almost, until almost like when it premiered. So that was, that was super cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like because everyone's fans that all of that stuff is just exciting. Like any, any additions. Um, I'm trying to see if there are some questions I missed. There's a lot of people just saying that they miss Scott. Bring back yes, Scott. <laughs> it would have been really good to definitely. Did we not have him in one scene? I thought we did, <clears throat> but it also might have gotten edited out, edited out at some point. Um, but I thought we had him in one scene to get with them. I don't remember, unfortunately. But they just missed Scott, which is <laughs> fair. Yeah. Um. Someone said Rachel needs the Sestras as much as they need her. That's very sweet. Um, okay, I had one more question. What was it? Let's see. Oh, so we have the season finale next in two weeks on March 11th. <laughs> um, is there anything you can tease about it without being, without giving away anything? <laughs> well, I can tell you that. I can tell you that Madeline Ashby wrote it. <laughs> um, I can say, I think I have, I have, uh, I, I could say the word family, I think, which is, uh, I think, pretty much a given for, for the series. And I, I, the, my teaser is that I think it's an ending, but it's also uh, like new beginnings, you know? So hopefully that gives, I haven't, so hopefully I haven't out, out, spoken out of line. <laughs> I mean, that all, I feel like that all checks out. It's very vague. <laughs> Um, someone asked who is the hardest clone to write? Oh my gosh. Um, I think Sarah, I think Sarah, maybe I feel like I've written, I think I've written scenes with, with, from the POV of most of the clones at this point. Um, but you see so much of Sarah, but she's such a, a, a an interesting, like, I think that there's more pressure to get her right in some ways because she's like, kind of like the, the flagship clone. Um, so I don't know, Sarah, Sarah, I think can be kind of tricky. I think they all have, have tricky things. I think the, the, the difficult part is like not turning them into like, certainly like writing Helena, like not turning into like a com, com cartoon character, you know, because she's, 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 funny but you know i think um especially if you're like trying to trying to deal with like the accent and everything and her getting her speech patterns right was very tricky for me um especially i think not having like any other examples like if i'm if i'm writing a scene for uh for an episode and somebody else has already written those characters i can kind of take you know continue on from like what they what they did but when I started out, when I wrote the first Helena thing, I was like, oh, I have to kind of establish like how this is going to come up, come over. And we went through through revision. But uh, yeah, I think that um, Helena was really tricky and Sarah, which I think seems appropriate, like this, those two characters. Um, this is a this somebody <laughs> brought somebody brought up the Banoffee pie, which 
that they're making a banoffee pie for the season finale, which sounds great. But I think it was that was your episode where Christian has to say banoffee. And was that yours episode? Was that episode six? No. There's one where he has where so so Allison and Donnie, that's one of their like safe words because Allison had or Donnie has been tricked by another clone as if they're Allison. Um and that was and Christian had a lot of problems saying the word banoffee or what <laughs> nobody was sure how it was pronounced and I don't even know if I'm doing it right now <laughs> so but that's so so nice someone's gonna make a banoffee pie for the finale that's right um, I hope they post photos of it yeah I need yeah I don't know what it looks like so <laughs> this is how I'm gonna find out what it is um so similar to the last question someone asked if there's an accent or dialect that's tough to write um so, I mean, I don't tend to write the accents. Fortunately, we have Tatiana, you know, to to do, or you have like your narrator or whoever's doing the voices. So I don't, you know, I don't think we had to had to write that in. Um, I, you know, again, I, I would say Helena because I was trying to get kind of like the rhythm of her of her voice down. Um, and you want to get it as right as possible. Like I can't just say, well, like Tatiana, do your thing and like make her sound right. Like we had to make it correct on the page. Um, accent wise. I think maybe Charlotte as well, like trying to figure out how she would, how she would talk. Um, Cause I thought that she would have some like kind of like, you know, English mannerisms and sayings and things like that. And and just trying to like not go too far and have it be like authentic and things like that. Um, yeah. Um, also when you're making a new clone, how are you like, for instance, you have Blythe. I think there's also one of the clones has a Southern accent. It's not Blythe though, mm-hmm. I don't think, right? Um, is there like a process to knowing, like to coming up with like how you're going to describe how this person talks? Like, how do you figure yeah, out, especially you know, if it's a new, if it's a new clone? Yeah. So I think, um, like initially, like with the first season, when we wrote it, it was a little bit more prose, prose heavy. And then as, as it became more of a, of a dramatic, like podcast, like, a you know, with, with more of the actors involved, like it became more script like. So there was less description, but uh, when we were initially were writing it, we would put those descriptions in because if you're just reading it on the page as opposed to listening to it as a podcast, like you need to understand how they sound or like what 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 is different about them. Um, and again, it was, it was part of it was like wanting to represent more more clones from different places, distinguishing them from clones we've seen already or heard already. And and Blythe in particular, like I think, I think this came across. We we kind of just came up with this idea that she'd be very soft spoken, like an almost an ASMR kind of thing, um, to make her um, different, but also like a little bit creepier in some ways, like the way that the way that she speaks. Um, so we did, but we did think about her in particular because she's such an important character, like specifically how she would be different. And especially, you don't want too many clones on on the page who sound the same. Um, and that's not really a, a problem. That's not really something that happens with our our main cast. But like the uh, the clones that they're interacting with, or or I think if you're going to have an American clone, like we want to distinguish them from how Vivi sounds, right? So that kind of a thing, like because um, theoretically, lots of clones would sound pretty much the same. Um, and then also thinking about like it's not just accents, but it's also pronunciations, like how do they say Benoffi, right? Uh, things like that. Like there are lots of ways that you can distinguish it, but that that a lot of that stuff falls in falls in Tatiana's realm, I think. 
Somebody said, let's see, there's a lot of compliments in here. Oh, somebody said clone ASMR that they're in. That does sound really nice. <laughs> um, I don't know how much money you'd have to throw at Tatiana to have her do that. <laughs> Just do clone <laughs> ASMR. Uh, someone said, whoever left the Delphine being kidnapped on a cliffhanger. Damn, kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of cliffhangers this season. It's It's tough. Yeah, there were, you know, part of it is, I think also like we had the episodes were shorter and I, I think I, I did see some comments from folks that, that they wish that they were longer, but we're trying to find that, you know, Rums try to find that sweet spot for, for, for the podcasts. And it was tough on us as writers too. So if, if you're, if you're, uh, it, it really comes down to just wanting more of it, right. Which is great. Um, but it was, it was a tough, tough balancing act to, to kind of fit as much plot in as we did and get the, um, you know, and balance out the episodes. But, you know, cliffhangers are a great way to get, especially when you think about trying to get somebody to go from one episode to the next, like, of course, a cliffhanger is the right, the right way to go. You know, at least you're not waiting, you're not like necessarily on a major cliffhanger at the end of a season going into like the next season. Um, you know. So there's no cliffhanger are you? at the end of are season you? Are two. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, that's a little, <laughs> now we know. Um, a lot of people are asking about season three. There is no word on season three, but believe me, you will be the first to know. Everybody who's asking about it, I'm not ignoring you. There's just no answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully support a season three. I don't, I'm not involved in that decision-making process. If they if they wanted me back, I would clear my schedule. I would, I would be there. And you left season two on a big cliffhanger, so it has to happen, right? Of course. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it every episode is every every season ends on a cliffhanger. If you're interested in what's going to happen next to those characters, even if it's not a major major thing, um, you know, um, it's really it's really interesting to be able to kind of tell the story after the story, you know, because um, characters go on, you know, and often they just kind of go on in your head. You have your head canon of of, of where they go, or you read fan fiction, or whatever. But um, to be able to to constantly revisit these characters, I think is is a real is a real treat, you know. Yeah, and I definitely think like people wanting more like says a lot about the show and about the fandom and the like the characters. They clearly mean a lot to everybody, um, and so that's a it's definitely a good thing that people want to keep seeing more with these characters. So, um, so you mentioned earlier that you've worked on other realm stuff. So I wanted to like get an opportunity for you to to like maybe recommend any of your other like realm work and and just like your other work in general that you think clone club might like since they clearly like this work oh absolutely um well one one podcast that you can listen to now is called control alt destroy um and it's about um a it's about a group of people who are trapped inside of a video game um it's a lot of fun kind of like hashing out uh world politics inside of a video game which is pretty cool um and uh happily a series that i worked on a while back uh called remade uh actually can i even i, I i'm just gonna say it i have no idea if i'm allowed to say it but I'm, I, it's it's going to be uh turned into a podcast as well so uh you can look for that pretty soon like i think it's still available like on the site is like and you can read it and there was a a, a narrated version it was actually narrated by summer Lau, which is awesome um, so that was like even before I got involved with with Orphan Black, I kind of had, was starstruck already with having some some you know famous person who I, I, I love their work, love their show, 
um, you're getting to read my my words. Um, so I'm not sure how it's going to be adapted necessarily, but you can. It's still on this the site, so you can listen to it. But I think it's going to get a little bit more of a, a podcast treatment. So, um, and that's a fun show. It's, it's about a bunch of teenagers who all died um, within the same uh, like hour, and then reappear somewhere else, and they don't know how they got there, or why they're there, or what happened to them exactly. Um, just that they thought they were dead, and now they're not. And they're in like this this weird place where killer robots are pursuing them, and they kind of have to figure out like, uh, yeah, what's happening. And that that's a really fun it's a really fun show. And that that does end on a cliffhanger, but uh, I'm still hoping that we'll be able to to wrap that one up. Um, yeah, I I've listened to all of Control Destroy, so I love it. Um, and yeah, remade's coming soon, which is really exciting. I'm trying to see if there's any other questions that I missed just people saying that they like art and they wish there was more art, which yes, we all agree. Maybe, um, maybe we can give art his own show at some point. Yeah, like a <laughs> spinoff that's just art show. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like the world has so, there's so much in the world that can still be explored. And I feel like, you know, this has definitely been, like the podcast has, has explored so many characters, but there's like, there's so much that's still out there. That, like, And I feel like just the world has been created um leave so many doors open so it's been really cool is there anything specific that you would like to do like would you would like to see the characters do or like if there were a season three <laughs> that you're like here's my here's my plan i just want them to be happy but that's not necessarily dramatic you know we could do a whole season of them just hanging out like having good times but uh there needs to be something else going on probably um <laughs> no we no yeah, we just listen want, to them being happy we want them to be happy you know um cool let's see i'm just gonna i'm gonna remind everybody again one more time if you've been here the whole time you're sick of me saying this but we're talking so much. Yeah. we're talking about orphan black the next chapter the official podcast continuation you can get it um like i saw some people asking where you can listen to it and it's anywhere you get podcasts like apple youtube spotify whatever um, if you just Google Orphan Black, the next chapter, you can find it. You can also find it on our website, realm.fm. Um, and you can find uh, anything on our social media, on Twitter, at Realm Media, and on Instagram. It's the one that EC is on right now, at Realm Media underscore. And um, yeah, it's official continuation. So if you love Orphan Black and you haven't listened to it, um, you want to know what the characters are up to this is where you go and Tatiana, you just want to hear Tatiana's voice. <laughs> this is also where you go. I would listen to her read the phone book. So, you know, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I feel like I forget that she's all the characters. And so many people say that they're like, I just forget that they're like, who are all the characters? And then you realize it's all one person. Yeah. So it's amazing. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. My pleasure. Um, where can people find you or if they want to find more of your work? What's the best place? I am all over the internet. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter at EC Myers. That's E-C-M-Y-E-R-S. Um, and I have a website, you know, ecmyers.com. Um, yeah. If you Google me, you'll find me for, for better or worse. <laughs> that's the easiest way. Anybody can just be like, yeah, if you Google it, you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll find me. Um, I've got some short stories. I've got a short story coming out in an Alien versus Predator anthology next month uh, called Ultimate Prey. 
And I have a story um, coming out in a, a, actually an anthology that a lot of, I think some Orphan Black fans might enjoy uh, called Tasting Light, uh, 10 science fiction stories that will rewire your perceptions coming from MIT next October. Um, so those, if you're into like fringe science and, and cool science fiction ideas and cool characters doing awesome stuff, that's a pretty, pretty good book to read. And we also have like, you're modeling the, the Orphan Black yep. Brother Sestra hat that we have. So we also have some Orphan Black merch and like EC said, other, um, other work like Control Destroy and Remade and lots of other stuff on our website. So um, thanks everyone for joining. Thank you. Hope everyone has a good day. Great weekend. Yeah, happy Friday. Bye. It's Marco again, back with that extra bonus I promised you. EC mentioned another Realm show he worked on called Remade, a dystopian thriller about a group of teenagers who all die at the same time and wake up in the future. Enjoy the trailer for Remade and check out the show wherever you're listening to me right now. You know, um, can I tell you something? Sure. I'm not even really that into Shakespeare. This was my first play ever, and the only reason I got the part is because they needed bodies. Saya reached over and drew her finger along Holden's neck. Her touch made his hair tingle. The clock read 9.31. The glitter paint on her fingertip suddenly sparkled as it caught the light from an oncoming car. Saya screamed his name. Holden jerked the wheel, but it was too late. They hit the truck head on. Hello? Anyone? Please, just tell me if my friend is alright. I think she was with me when I was brought here. Come on! Open the goddamn door! Metal legs. Many metal legs scraping along the walkway. Out of the corner of his eye, Holden caught a glimpse of the large, spider-like thing looming over them. Red eyes burned bright. They are machines. They call themselves caretakers. Where is this place? The US doesn't have anything like that. No one does. Am I? Are we really? Above the earth. High above. Wait, where are we going? To find the others. Realm presents Remade, voiced by Greg Tremblay and Laurel Schroeder. Available wherever you listen to podcasts or at realm.fm. If you like what you hear, please follow and share this podcast with your friends. Realm is your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.